0: Welcome to Grace Community Church On Demand, the weekly podcast from the Sunday services at Grace Community Church in Rupert, Idaho. Here at Grace, we believe in building the kingdom of God one person at a time. We're passionate about loving God, loving people, and following Jesus. Let's get into this week's message with Pastor Travis Turner. So we are in
1: week six of our series called Beautiful Attitudes, week six. And um, today we're talking about Matthew chapter 5 and verse 8. It says this, blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. I don't know about you, but I struggle with this. Blessed are the pure in heart. I have never met one person in the entirety of my life that, is, that has heard this scripture and they've jumped up and down and they're like, you guys remember that guy on Welcome Back Carter? Ooh, ooh, ooh. I've never met one person that says, that says, man, that is me. Blessed are the pure in heart. Like that's me. Like I struggle with this because, because the Bible says that the heart is deceitfully wicked above all things. Who who could know it, right? And so, so this has been an interesting message for me, just to kind of work through and and uh, and and put together. And we're gonna we're gonna hopefully, if you're like me, bring you some clarity here today. I want you to know this: that all of these beautiful messages or all of these beatitudes, they begin with the word blessed. How many of you know in the Old Testament, it's all about the blessing. All right. How many of you know also in the New Testament it's all about the blessing? But let's take a look at the Old Testament. God blessed Adam and Eve to be fruitful and multiply. This is found in Genesis chapter 1. And then we've got Abraham that was blessed to be a blessing. And we find that in Genesis chapter 12, right? And then we've got his son, which was which was blessed. Isaac was blessed. And then Jacob was blessed which was his son and Jacob was blessed with 12 sons which became the 12 tribes of Israel and then there's Joseph and then you keep going keep going and it goes all the way down you know what I mean to David and what we find is there is a blessing on anybody that is in covenant relationship with God there's a blessing there's a blessing if you're walking with God I want you to know that there is a blessing and then you flip the script over to the New Testament. In the New Testament, Jesus is, is introducing a new covenant. And guess what? He is talking about the blessing as well. He uses the blessing in the Sermon on the Mount and all of these beatitudes. Blessed are. And then he says, who's going who's gonna to receive the blessing? And this word blessed is the Greek word makarios, which means happy. It means happy. Happy are those people that... that, that, that You know, fill these gaps. In this case, happier those that are pure in heart. And so, what Jesus is showing us is he's showing us that if you walk in the blessings of God, you will cultivate these qualities in your life. What qualities are there? Well, there's nine qualities, there's nine beautiful attitudes in the Beatitudes. I think it's interesting, there's also nine fruits of the Spirit. There are also nine gifts of the Spirit. And then there are nine attitudes that are found in the Beatitudes. And so it says, blessed are the pure in heart. It doesn't say blessed will be the pure in heart. See, this is a present tense statement. This isn't something that you have to, that you have to work towards. He's saying, blessed are the pure in heart. And I want you to know this this morning. I'm going to unpack this for you. But this is not climbing a mountain. It's not climbing Mount Everest. Man, I'll be blessed once I get to the top of Mount Everest. I hope I don't die along the way. He's saying blessed are the pure in heart. It is present tense. Not those who try to be pure in heart, but blessed are those that are pure in heart. I want you to know this, that when you're born again, you're given a new heart. Amen? Amen. He, he he doesn't go, you know. Start remodeling the heart. He gives you a new heart. The old is gone, and the new has come. Doesn't mean that you don't have to work through some things, and you've got some issues. But but I'm telling you this: that we have to start this attitude, especially this attitude. We have to start it from the position of being forgiven. Turn to your neighbor and say you're forgiven. Turn to your other neighbor and say you're forgiven. And then turn to yourself and say, thank God I'm forgiven because I know me better than any of these other people on either side of me know me. And I want you to know this, that your purity is a result of the cross. It is a benefit of the cross of Jesus Christ. It is a benefit of Jesus dying in place of 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 where you should die taking the punishment in which in which you know you owed what you know that was on your life and so your purity is the gift of the cross and so it's very important that you know who you are in Christ Jesus And you know what I'm finding out I'm finding out that there's a lot of people that are Christians that don't even know who they are in Christ Jesus and I want you to know this that Jesus loves you Jesus has a plan for your life. He loved you so much that he washed your sins away. He says this about your sin, that if you repent, if you ask God to forgive you of your sins, he'll throw them as far as the east is from the west, never to be brought up against you again. Like, listen, that's not some lighthearted statement. Some of you guys are close to as big a mess as I was. And guess what, those sins that I committed, some people are so afraid of the judgment day of Christ because they're like, oh my gosh, all that stuff is gonna be brought up. Listen, why in the world would he bring something up against you whenever he says that he will forget about them, that he will cast them never to be brought up against you again? That's now, that's tomorrow, and that's in all eternity. So when your sin is under the blood that was shed on the cross, it's never to be brought up against you again. Man, I don't know. (laughs) Something's wrong with you. We we got the Puritans in the house today. You know, I don't know. You're like, yeah, I guess that's okay. I mean, it's it's all right. Holy smokes, people. You're like, yeah, okay, all right. I'll think about it and get back to you. Holy cow, are you kidding me? We're a bunch of sinners, man, in need of a savior. We're a bunch of messes. Wow! Tuesday night, I had such a beautiful moment with a with a gentleman. It took place in our in our prayer room, and he come in here, like so many of us, right? Just broken, made some poor decisions, bad decisions, in the middle of dealing with with decisions that, that have been made. And, and you know what? I, I got the opportunity to share a little bit of my poor, bad decisions that I've made and, and, and have done so was able to do so with a smile on my face, you know, just telling him, listen, I, I am, I am, I am set free because the son has set me free. Man, I don't carry the weightiness or the heaviness of, of that garbage, you know what I mean, any longer. And so I just began to share the gospel with him. And I just, at the end of it, I was like, do you want to receive Jesus? He needs like tears streaming down his face, man. Yes, absolutely want to receive. And the forgiveness of God, man, I could feel the presence of God in that place. The forgiveness of God was available. How many of you know that at that very moment, the entirety of sin was washed away? Amen. Everything had been covered, right? At that moment, the very minute, the very second, and it was genuine. Now listen, a prayer is not going to save you if you're just saying a bunch of words but it doesn't mean anything. There's no there's no heart, there's no remorse, there's no repentance, right? But I'm telling you that was not the case in this situation. Come on, that man's sins were forgiven just like mine were forgiven, just like I hope yours have been forgiven too. Philippians chapter 2:15 says this, that you may be blameless and innocent children of god without blemish in the midst of a crooked and twisted generation do we live in a crooked and twisted generation you better believe it so we can be without blemish in the midst in the middle of a crooked generation among whom you shine as lights in the world these are hard words why are they hard because we know our shortcomings we know we know our failures you're like man oh man It's hard for me to think of myself as being pure in heart, but I'm telling you, this is the work of the cross, and you got to begin there, and then you got to keep it that way. Because if you think that that if you can have your sins and whatnot washed away, but you don't have to clean up your messes and and deal with additional things that you're, you know what I'm saying? You got to keep your heart clean. You got to keep it pure. You got you got to you got to you know work out some things, and so. So you're forgiven, I want you to know, 100% or you're not forgiven at all. God doesn't forgive you just a little bit. He either completely forgives you or you're not forgiven at all. The work of the cross, when he said it is finished, he meant that there's nothing else that can be done. There's nothing else that needs to be done. It is finished. You're forgiven 100%. Or you're not forgiven at all so whoever who's here been to a real lighthouse a real one not just on your mantle once you collect lighthouses they're very cool snow globes yeah on the oregon coast my wife and i we've uh we we went to, and we did our um our uh, honeymoon there and then we went back you know years later and and uh They've got a few lighthouses along the Oregon coast that you can actually tour. You can climb up in them. And, um, and that was really, really cool. I encourage you, if you ever go to the Oregon coast to, you know what I mean, to do that. But what does a lighthouse do? Just one at a time, please. All I hear is, <laughs> yes, with your hand raised in the back. That's right. Exactly. What's the intention of a lighthouse? Keep you from wrecking into the land and dying. How many of you know this, that that's exactly what the local church does? I'm so grateful that that Grace Church has a light that is literally shining, not just in Rupert and Burley and the in the Minicasha area or the Magic Valley area, but we have a light that literally is shining all over the world. This little church in Rupert, Idaho has a light that's shining all over the world, and guess what it's doing? It's keeping people from wrecking their lives. It's keeping people from dying. I got a video that I thought was just pretty cool. Go ahead and turn your attention um, to the screen right behind me.
0: Captain. There's an island object at twelve hundred. Sir, contact established. On speaker, please. This is A853. Please change your course by fifteen degrees southwards in order to prevent a collision with us. This is the USS Lincoln, member of the United States Navy. Change your course by fifteen degrees northwards in order to avert a collision with us. Over. This is not possible. You have to avoid. This is Captain Richard James Howard speaking, commander of the USS Lincoln aircraft carrier, part of the Navy of the United States of America. We are the second largest warship of the American fleet. We are escorted by two cruisers, six destroyers, and four submarines. I command you to change your course by 50 degrees northward. If you do not comply, we will be forced to take necessary action. Over. Salazar Cantara. We are two persons. With us, we have our dog, we have, two beer, we have our food, and a friend who is making a siesta right now. We do not move anywhere. We are a lighthouse and the coast of Spain.
1: I love that. <laughs> don't mess with the lighthouse and don't mess with the church. Paul wrote to Timothy. He said in 1 Timothy chapter five, twenty-two, he said, "Keep thyself pure." So he was speaking to to uh, to to Timothy, and he was like, "Listen, you're pure, but now you have to keep yourself that way." Listen, when you have something that is pure and something foreign. uh, is is introduced to that, that thing, whatever it is that is pure, what does it cause? It causes contamination. And so here you are, you're forgiven, you're completely pure in heart, but when you allow things come on into your life, it contaminates your life, and those things need to be dealt with. Things like what, temptation, pride, lust, offense. There's so many different things. But whenever these things contaminate your life, come on, you've got to deal with them. Listen, of course, we're all human. We all have hardships. Some of you, I know some of your stories, you've struggled. Like, Terrible things have happened to you and been done to you. But I'm just telling you this, that God forgives you. And maybe it is that God's calling you to forgive others as well. We have to continue to get rid of the junk in our life. So how do we keep a pure heart? We've been given a pure heart in and through forgiveness, right? In and through the work of the cross. How do we keep it that way? Number one, be quick to believe in God's word be quick to believe in God's word. We live in such an interesting time where we have been raised and taught to question everything. You know, we're just de- deconstructing everything. We're questioning everything. And, and while there is some wisdom in questioning some things, I'm telling you what, God will never let you down right people will lie to you people will smudge the truth people will you know they'll 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 take tell little white lies you know they won't tell the whole story but i'm telling you this that god can be trusted god does not lie right and so we've been taught to question everything and listen we live in a day and a time where the more that you question the more intellectual you're viewed and people are questioning some pretty silly things. Like, there are such things as flat earthers. With all of the technology that we have, with all of, with every, and, 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 and because of deconstruction and, well, yeah, that's what they told us, but do you believe it? Right? There's a lot of strange things that are, that are, that are being questioned, and these people are viewed as intellectuals. The more that you question, the more more intellectual um, you are, the more intelligent you are. And so the Bible tells us that we have to have a childlike faith. This is why if you're ever going through something in your life, like the first place that you should look if you really want a prayer to be powerful and effective, go to a child. Man, children, whenever they, when they believe, they just simply believe. You tell a child something before the world has corrupted them, before they've experienced all of the hardships and ugliness that, that happen in this. What, what is a child? A child's like, man, we just saw so many faces of children up there, huge smiles, not a care in the world, not worried about what bill's gonna get paid next, just knowing that it's gonna get paid. Right. Not knowing where the next meal is going to come, but just knowing that it's going to it's going to come. And so so a childlike faith, just believe right in um, in Africa and the Philippines and, and other places, Nicaragua and other places, Cuba, different places that that we've gotten a chance to go and and share the gospel. And it's amazing how how much people see the miraculous taking place. A lot of the times because that's all they have is is their belief and trust in what it is that God's word says that he will do. We don't have to really exercise a ton of faith whenever we've got, you know, two or three refrigerators filled with, you know, God, please provide the next meal. And you've got six months, you know what I mean, stored up. It doesn't require a great deal of faith. But when you don't have that, when you you don't know where your next meal is going to come. Right then it causes people to hit their knees and just say, God, unless you show up, I'm not gonna make it through. And guess what? God shows up. And so the miraculous happens often. I've seen it with my own eyes in some of these third world countries. In fact, I've seen it even here. I remember there's a lady in Albion. She, She come up, we hadn't been here very long. She had come up and she'd been dealing with smoking cigarettes for over 30, 40 years. And she came up to me and she said, Pastor, I'm tired of smoking. I've tried to quit smoking cigarettes. I'm just tired of it. Can't quit smoking. Probably tried, you know, stopping this ugly habit for, you know, 50 or 60 times and just been unsuccessful. I said, well, do you believe that God can can take this from you? She said, I believe it. That's the only thing I got left. And so we just prayed right then and there. And so the next week, next Sunday came along. I said, how's your week? She said, I haven't smoked. Next Sunday, come along, how's your week, man? Haven't smoked. Next Sunday, come along, haven't smoked. Six months, haven't smoked. Year, haven't smoked. Next year, haven't smoked. Saw her just the other day. I, I was doing a, a funeral service, and I and I saw her. I just cornered up with her. Went and sat down and shared a bench with her for a little bit. And I said, how you doing? She said, I haven't smoked. It's been, it's been a long time, like 10 years now. Has, hasn't smoked, amen? And so that's a, that's such a lovely, beautiful thing. we serve a a miracle, making God, but sometimes you know for the religious for uh, for those of us and i'm just I'm not saying that in a derogatory way, but for those of us that have walked with God for a long period of time, come on, we can sometimes you know what i'm we can we can walk with God to it sounds weird. I said it last week, but it keeps surfing surfacing like sometimes we can walk with God it's not proper what I'm saying, but we can walk with God too long, meaning that we can walk with God to the point where we don't have any expectation or anything anymore. And you don't have to go that way. You could walk with God for 100 years and still keep your face stirred up, but sometimes we just get too comfortable and we become too intellectual. And we have to be convinced before we believe. There's a lot of religion in the world that is that way. Some of you need to just stop analyzing everything and just say, you know what? God's word says that I'm going to do it. We sang a song about that this morning, right? You said it. I'm not going to sing it, but Matt, you said it. I believe it. Go ahead and do it. Right. Thomas led the way. He was he was the doubter. Right. He refused to believe even after eyewitnesses people that he that he that he loved and trusted and shared life with. They was like, no, we saw him. Jesus is. And and Thomas said this. He said, unless I put my fingers in the holes in his hands. I will not believe. He said, I will never believe. And if you translate that, it's a Greek word that means never, ever, not, no way, no how, never will I believe until I put my fingers in his hands. So we have to continually question ourselves Am I walking in faith or have I slipped into cynicism, doubt, or unbelief? Am I walking in faith? Or am I, am I doubting? Am I being a, a, a Thomas, right? I'm telling you this when doubt comes in, when I begin to experience fear, when I begin to experience doubt, when, when I have little faith, you, you know what I, I begin to do? This is kind of how my prayer goes Devil, you are a stinking liar. I'm not listening to you any longer. And then I begin to quote scripture about the promises of God. And this is why it's so important for you to know what God's word says. So that in these times where you see, wow, I'm struggling Wow, I need to, you know, I'm I'm feeling a little bit of weakness, man. You can begin to build yourself up in that most holy faith. Come on, some of you got a prayer language, begin to pray in that language, begin to quote the word of God, Uh, pray in truth in the spirit and also in understanding. And guess what? The next thing you know, you'll just be like, wow, I feel so much better. And God is in control, right? Because the devil is a liar and the only power that the devil has over you is when you come into agreement with his lies. That's the only power he has. So number two is be quick to forgive. We spent a whole message almost on this last week. Be quick to forgive. You know, some of us are like, yeah, I'll forgive, but I'm gonna make him pay for it a little while. I'm gonna, you know what I'm saying? Like I know I'm gonna forgive. It was like me when I was, you know, I was, I had an experience with God when I was just a young, young boy in the church, and I always knew. That God was going to do something special and use my life in a significant way. But I was running and just kind of serving myself. And I would always say, man, there's going to be a time where I give the entirety of my life to the Lord. But it's just not now. It's going to be later. Thank you, Jesus, for not letting me die before answering the call on my life. You know what I'm saying? And so some people are like that. It's like, yeah, you know what? I know I'm bound to forgive, but I'm just going to hold out just a little while. I had one guy that, that we went to the, uh, my previous church that I was, that I was at. He's a very wealthy, wealthy individual. And, and uh, he sold a home for like uh, $150,000. And this is like 20 years ago, right? A lot of money. And he was just saying, he was saying, you think it's hard to tithe when you make a little bit of money, he said, it's just as hard to tithe when you make a lot of money. You know, ten percent is ten percent any way that you that you cut it. And he said, I began to negotiate with God. I was like, I was like, just let me kind of keep in the bank for <clears throat> six months and gain the interest on it, and then I'll give it to you. And the Lord's like, No, 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 no. That's not how that how that works. Write the check, pal. Write the check. And so he ended up. He didn't call him pal. I added that, but. <laughs> what a great great story there was a town that their water supply had been contaminated and people were getting sick and they were thinking man oh man our you know our water has just gone bad and people were getting sick almost to the point of of dying and 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 what do you do you know what i mean in a village and you don't have any water so one guy went out on a mission he was going to go try to figure out what it was and so he went way upstream of the uh, of the of the of the the river uh, s- small stream actually and he's seen this cow that had been that had died right in the middle of the stream and as this cow was decomposing it was contaminating and poisoning the water and so how many of you know that when you remove the carcass of the cow and all that garbage out of the water the water supply becomes pure again and I'm telling you right now some of you need to realize that because you're you're saying listen I've got this I've got this water issue the water's contaminated but you're not willing to remove the very thing that is poisoning the water and and you're just kind of holding on to it and maybe you're even saying yeah you know one day I'm going to do that one day I'm going to you know put the bottle down I know I know that it's not real good for me or one day I'm going to quit smoking or one day I'm going to one day, one day, one day, and one day never happens because the Lord is calling you to remove it right now. Listen, there are people dying because you're not dealing with the contamination issue, right? Things can contaminate the heart, pride, unforgiveness, insult, offense. All of these things can contaminate the heart. They have to be removed. Turn to your neighbor and say, if you've got them, get rid of them. Proverbs 4.23, just so you can have some scripture to back it up. Keep your heart with all diligence for from it flow the springs of life. Another says, guard your heart with all diligence. The word keep your heart or guard your heart means to weigh, observe, look at, examine your heart on a regular basis. Because the heart is deceitfully wicked above all things. Who can know it? Guess what? You know your heart. Like I don't know your heart. I don't know your motivation as to why you do things. But you know your motivation. And guess what? Whenever your heart is contaminated, you can begin, come on, with the help of the Lord, with the power of the Holy Spirit to remove those, those contaminants. Come on, keep your heart clean. When you're born again, I want you to know this, that you receive a heart of love that is, that is abundant enough to forgive the worst of situations. If you're born again... Not everybody is born again. There are many people that believe they're saved, but are not saved. There are going to be people that say, we have laid hands on the sick. We've cast out demons. We've done all these great things, exploits in your name. And they're going to hear from the mouth of Jesus, depart from me, you workers of iniquity, because I did not know you. So there are many people that believe they're saved, but they're not saved. How are you going to know that somebody is saved? By the fruit that they bear. By being able to do what it is that God says that we should do. If somebody is unable, and listen, I'm not saying like black and white, boom, right now, because how many of you know that we're all a work in progress? But I'm telling you what, if you start carving out space and saying, no, 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 I know that God's word says this, but I'm going to act a completely different way. Whoo! Bad. This is bad. It's not good. So when you're born again, you receive a heart, an abundant heart that has the ability, it's filled with so much love to forgive the very worst of situations. The worst of situations. Jesus himself, by example, while you were yet dead in your sin, in your trespasses, I died for you. Come on, there is enough love in that brand new heart that you're given. Come on, to forgive the worst of situations. But yet sometimes we don't want to forgive. We want people to pay for what it is that, we have, that they've done to us. Right? And so you've got to release it. He says, I'm giving you the ability with Christ Jesus, all things are possible. Not some things, not most things. Not many things, all things are possible, but he gives us the opportunity to walk through that with us. We have to release it. And so this also must be done quickly. Forgiveness needs to be done quickly because when you start thinking about it too much, when you start ruminating on it, you become angrier and angrier and angrier and angrier and angrier and and it gets worse. And the end result is you've got a hard heart. The Bible talks about a hard heart, a calcification of the heart. Do you know this? That divorce is a is a is a uh, uh, a response to a hard heart. Do you know this? That when 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 God created marriage, He created it in such a way that He was going to give you everything that you need to never divorce. But because of the hearts of men have grown hardened, they've they've, they've become calcified, there's a a certificate of divorce now. You don't believe me? Let me read it to you. Divorce is a direct reflection of a hard heart. Matthew 19 and verse 8 says this. He said to them, so this is Jesus, because of the hardness of your heart, Moses allowed this to happen. He allowed you to divorce your wives. But from the beginning, this was not so. So this divorce was not even God's original design, original plan, because because he has given us everything that we need, even to forgive the worst of situations. Now listen, I know that's hard, and it's difficult, All I'm saying is you just work through God's word. Don't listen to what I'm saying. Work through God's word. And so the Bible says this. He gives us reasons that we should deal with things quickly. Don't let the sun go down on your wrath, right? That's a biblical scripture. Deal with it quickly because the longer you allow it to draw out, the worse this calcification is going to get, this hardness of heart is going to get. It's not easy but it's possible with Jesus. Some people have not been successful in your own prayers to the Lord because of, because of uh, uh, hardness of heart or, or just leaving things in your life that God has shown you that you need to deal with. And so when there's an issue that comes up, there's a family member that you call to pray that prayer of faith When the truth is, is if you would just deal with the situations in the heart, get rid of the contamination in the heart, then you would be the one that boldly goes through the the throne of grace and says, God, this is what i'm dealing with this is what you would be interceding on behalf of other people but now because you have got this area in your life that you're not allowing god to, to to clean up and you're not dealing with yourself you're calling other people that are filled with faith to pray those faithful prayers god's calling you to be that for somebody else, Ephesians chapter four and verse thirty-one says, "List, let let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be put away from you, along with all malice." This is Ephesians four thirty-one and verse thirty-two. Be kind to one another, be tender-hearted, forgiving one another, as God Christ or as as God in Christ has forgiven you. Listen, is forgiveness in word or is it in deed? Or is it both? Some people forgive in word alone, but whenever it takes and and there's action required, they're just like, yeah, I've forgiven, I've forgiven, but there's no action that follows the, the forgiveness. Let me ask you this, do you want God to forgive you in just word, or do you want him to do it in deed, in action, or both? I mean, I love when the Lord says, like, I I have never heard the audible voice of God, but I've done some knucklehead things, and I have honestly gone to the Lord and said, God, I am so sorry, broke your heart again. And it's like the impression on my heart is, I forgive you, Travis. You're mine. You know what I mean? Like, you belong to me. And so the words are powerful, too, but holy cow, I want him to do it in action as well as 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 word and he desires the same for us for number three and this is our last one for a pure heart be quick to repent be quick to repent you got junk in your life right now repent of it ask God to forgive you Right, and then turn away from it. You got unforgiveness in your heart? Repent right now of the unforgiveness. You're making somebody else pay? Repent of that right now. Do you want God to treat you in the same way that you're treating other people, you know what I mean, that have harmed and hurt you? You got an addiction in your life? Come on, repent of that. Try it again. Well, I've tried it 50 times. Try it again. Maybe you're like this woman. That 10 years from now, I'm going to see and say, "Hey, how you doing? I'm good. No more crack." That was funny. <laughs> didn't, didn't come off real funny, but <laughs> Somebody's like, "That's not funny." Well, I thought we were already right with God. We are right with God, but how many times we can step off the path, and that requires a course correction right? I'm grateful. People in the past have viewed repentance as a one and done. And I'm just telling you what, repentance is a lifestyle. You come up short, man, take it to God. Here I am again. I know. I know. You know what I'm saying? There's power in that. John says this, if any man sins, we have an advocate with the father. His name is Jesus. And he is the one that forgives us all of our sins. Often we justify our sin and when we justify the reason why we're doing something that we're doing that we should not be doing, then what that that equates to is pride, a prideful heart. And so it must be dealt with and dealt with quickly. Revelation 2, 21, speaking of Jezebel, who's ever read about Jezebel before? Jezebel. This is interesting about Jezebel. You probably may not Maybe you've not heard this, or you've not read this, but listen what the word of the Lord says about Jezebel. I gave her time to repent, but she refuses to repent of her sexual immorality. Behold, I will throw her onto a sickbed, and those who commit adultery with her will I throw into great tribulation, unless they repent of her works." So by refusing to repent, by refusing to ask God to forgive you and turning away from, so you're in your sin, you've turned your back on God, right? You're in your sin, you turn your back on God. It is turning away from your sin and and, and pursuing God again. And so when you refuse to repent, you build up a case in your mind that you are right in acting wrong. You are in acting in a, in a manner that, 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 that is against God. So I'm ending with the story. I'm closing with this. And this is the story. There was a lady that was a prostitute. She spent a, you know, it was in a, it was in a hard time and, and, uh, she had to provide for some kids and, and she was uneducated. And so, and so she sold herself to, to, to men, many, many different men. And, um, and that's how she, that's how she made her living real tough situation, and um, anyhow, there was a, uh, there was a pastor that, that befriended her and began to share the love of Jesus with her. And in and through this wonderful process of, of just loving her so well and sharing God's truth, she repented of her sins and gave her life to Jesus. Amen. How many of you know that Jesus doesn't look at her as a prostitute anymore? Amen. She is, she is the the righteousness of God. She is pure in heart, just like any of us, right? Any of your situations. And so, so she's just growing in the Lord, man. She's going to church every day and she's going to, not every day, but she's going to church every week and she's going to Bible studies and she's just growing in God, just growing in God. And then, and then all of a sudden she's at church one Sunday morning and there was a good looking man that really just began to take interest in her. And, um, and he even kind of knew her, you know, some of her story that God had taken her out of just a, a real hardship in, in life. But God just gave this man not only an eye for her, but a heart for her as well. And he just loved her so much and one day as they as they began to you know just to kind of get to know one another one day he proposed to her and he got down on his on his knee in front of the whole church and he asked her you know make me the happiest man on the planet and marry me take my last name would you please be my wife and of course you know what i mean she collapsed in in his arms and she's just weeping and 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 crying she never thought that she could ever be loved because of the the decisions that she's made, many, many bad decisions. She never thought that she would, you know, she didn't feel like she was worthy of a moment like this. And so anyway, they go into their planning and they're putting a beautiful wedding ceremony and everything together. And, and, then, and then all of a sudden, you know, it's time for her to walk out. The whole wedding party is in place and it's time to her walk out. The song's even playing, you know, and it's time for her to walk out and there's no walkout nothing oh my goodness everybody gets a little anxious and so the pastor you know what i mean he walks back into the the room that that she's in and he sees her she's kind of bundled up on the floor in her beautiful gown and and everything she's bundled up on the floor and she's got her hands uh covering her face and she's just crying and he's like hey what's what's wrong what's going on and she's like i I can't do this. He's like, "What do you what do you mean you can't do this? You can't get married?" And she's like, "No, no, no, it's not that." She's like, "I can't I can't wear this beautiful pure white dress on this day. I just can't do it." She was raised that that if you if you're not a virgin on the night of your of your wedding that you wear a dress that is different than a white dress. You wear like an off color dress, but this dress that she was in was pure white. And the pastor just, he kind of chuckled just a little bit. And, and, and she's like, what, why are you laughing at such a time, you know, like this? And, and, um, and he says, well, I just feel like the Lord has given me a word for you. And, and, and this is the word. Like if you are White enough and pure enough on the inside, to sit at the table at the marriage supper of the Lamb, like when we're in heaven with Jesus. If you are, if you're pure enough to do that, then you're certainly pure enough to wear this white dress on this very beautiful and special day. Oh, that by the way, God has brought you two together, and so she just picked herself up off of the off of the floor and and it was enough for her it was enough for her and they had a beautiful beautiful wedding and isn't that a beautiful story isn't that lovely so listen this is the deal nobody knows you like you know you and we struggle with what we know about ourselves but i want you to know this my friend that god has either forgiven you fully and completely and your righteousness is in him and him alone, or he is not forgiven you at all. See, you need to allow this to permeate your mind and your heart and your spirit because it requires you to act like somebody that has been fully, absolutely forgiven. Come on, are you a work in progress? Yes, absolutely. But just like Paul said to Timothy, that's time to keep your heart pure, to keep your heart clean, amen? You're gonna have plenty of things to deal with going forward, but guess what? The Holy Spirit is now in you and with you, and he will give you wisdom that is beyond any other wisdom that you could ever imagine, amen? He will direct your steps, He will direct your life, and he will show you what needs to be dealt with. I'm just telling you this, that you are forgiven. You are the righteousness of God. He loves you, and he's got a plan and a purpose for your life. Stop half-stepping. Stop living just halfway. You know, some people, and I'm closing again with this, but some people self-destruct. When things start going well because the blessing of God in their life, they totally just... They, they'll they sabotage themselves. I'm just saying stop doing that because God is in control and he needs you to be healthy because he's going to use your life to not only bless your family, but he's going to use your life to bless the stranger as well. Let me pray for you. Lord, we thank you for today. We thank you for this time together. We ask that you would bless God. Speak to those that are struggling today with with what it means to have a pure heart. Sometimes it's, you know, we we feel like we've got to work towards this thing when it's a gift. It's a gift. We're a new creation in Christ Jesus. What a beautiful word that is. God, put desire in our hearts to please you, to pursue you, to become even more and more like you. Use us all the days of our lives, whether that be a few years or many years
0: to come. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. That's it for today's teaching. Hey, here's an idea. Share today's message with a friend or family member. If you're listening from outside our fellowship, we'd love to meet you. Visit graceid.org and hit the contact form to get in touch. We'd also love for you to join us. You can even check us out on Facebook Live by searching Facebook for GraceChurch.org. Rupert ID. Learn more and plug in at graceid.org. Thanks for listening to this week's message from Grace Community Church.